Welcome back to That's the Tea. I'm RJ. And I'm Ryan. And we're here bringing you football news and discussion in the most digestible way possible. Today, we're covering the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. And just to start off, I just want to tell you, Ryan, you know we did better than Michael Thomas? We did. Four for four, baby. <laughs> That's crazy. That is crazy. And you know what? We also had just as many catches as Michael Thomas yesterday. Perfect. I'm, we can be the next NFL stars, man. I can't wait to, to try out for some of these teams, but we'll talk about more about that near the end of that podcast. First, we have all four games, and we're going to start off with the divisional round of the Packers and the Rams. And short um, and simple, Green Bay took care of business, and they rose to the number one defense in the league. Yeah. I mean, okay, before we actually get into the game, so is it just me or have you also noticed that like Aaron Rodgers kind of looks a little higher buzzed every time he's on the field? Like his eyes are kind of red. Because <laughs> I, I noticed it after the post game when he was doing the interview and I was like, what's wrong with him? You know, but I guess he's staying up late to be great, you know. But anyways, yeah, uh, I think Devontae Adams, not wow, but wow enough to get the job done. It was nine out of 10 catches for only 66 yards and a TD, but got the job done i agree i feel like the packers really proved that they don't need to rely on Devonte adams that much to score points and Aaron, Bro- exactly. um, Aaron Rodgers just did what he usually does cook defenses mm-hmm. i mean i think Devonte adams got the best of jalen ramsey because jalen ramsey like crazy up up because up until this point jalen ramsey i mean held his own against receivers in the season but adams got him that's true. And there were also big plays around the field. I mean, Alan Lazard, Robert Tanyan. I know Alan Lazard had that bad drop early yeah. in the game, but he redeemed himself in the fourth quarter to ice that game with that touchdown catch. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we came into the game last week asking who the number two receiver would be. And I mean, it could be Lazard. Who knows? I don't know. He had, he, he had one nice TV catch. Yeah. And I, I feel like he could kind of redeem himself after that. Um, exactly. One concern that I have um is this running game it's a three-headed giant and it's not really concerned about the green bay packers because their running game is really good i feel like they're just concerns in terms of fantasy football aaron jones had 14 carries jamal williams had 12 carries and aj Dillon had six carries and if you subtract the 60 yard gain that aaron jones had jamal williams actually outperformed aaron jones and it wasn't that close yeah he did and i i think that's a scary part about like you said, in terms of fantasy, you don't know who to draft. And even if you draft one guy, you can't trust him. It's like, who do I start this week? I totally it's like, take your you. pick. It's, how, it's, it's really funny because, you know, last week we talked about how Aaron Jones is that running back that you don't draft in the first mm-hmm. round. And maybe it's going to be this year. And then here comes yeah. Michael Fuller. Yeah, things we say just, don't really age well. So, I mean. They don't age well. but It's a common you know, theme. It is a common theme. And I guess transitioning to things that don't age well, it's. This is Rams offense. It, mm-hmm. it looked so dull, especially with Cooper Cup out. I mean, I think that's why Los Angeles lost. Because Golf and Cam Akers, they they did their part. They played clean games. They did enough, but but not enough enough. Because they showed up, but they didn't show up enough. Because Golf had 174 yards and a TD. Cam Akers even had a TD of his own. Almost 100 yards on the ground. So... They showed up, but they just they just got to play harder. 
I agree with you. It's cool because Cam Akers can like literally do it all. They used um in the running game. They had him do the wildcat a couple of times. Um, second half, the offense took off with him. I like Jerry Goff. You know, it's it's kind of funny, but you know, he rocked the Teddy Bridgewater look with the two gloves, and he actually he actually did better. But who knows if he's gonna stay in um in Los Angeles? I heard that Sean McVeigh, Jerry Goff, they they need some marriage counseling apparently. <laughs> Sounds like it. And who knew the guy that would literally tear this relationship apart? It's John Walford. A little crazy. It Out is, of all people, John Walford is breaking up a marriage. It's crazy. And oh, it's a LinkedIn a, account. That's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, just talk about this defense. I feel like it was a little bland, especially because Aaron Donald was hurt. He was barely on the field, and when he was, he was. He was ineffective, to be honest. They locked him down. They really did. They really I, did. I, I checked that stat line. He has one assisted tackle on the day, and that was it. Everything else were zeros across the board. Yeah, he, he played like less than 50% of the game. He did not look right. And I understand that, you know, they activated him. You kind of expected more from him, but it's understandable. Unfortunately, that's kind of a cost in the game. Mm-hmm. But for an MVP for this game, I... I picked Alan Lazard, to be honest with you. I think that that redemption TD, you know, it gave Aaron Rodgers confidence to use him as a number two target, and that's what they need moving forward Mm -hmm. in the NFC Championship, which we'll talk about later on. I dig that, yeah. So our next game, we have Baltimore Ravens versus the Buffalo Bills. And do you want to start off, or you want me to start? I just want to ask, um, who invited (laughs) Cody Parkey to this game? We got two doinks by our man, Justin Tucker. Okay. You know what? Like, thanks to Al Michaels, he jinxed it. Do do you remember? Do you watch the game? I did. He was like, this man never misses. Doink. And then doinks again. You know, it's like, but the the good thing, though, is that we have another photo of Justin Tucker looking super shocked in the field for for the memes. Those are are champs because they... They rarely happen, especially on the field, but they did. And not that it really mattered for the outcome of the game, but like, you know, early on, it kind of kind of ruined some of the momentum. But the Bills took care of business against a very good defense. Stephon Diggs did his thing. He eclipsed 100 yards like what he usually does. John Brown came to life. Who yes. knew? But my, my rapper friend, Cole Beasley, man, he did his disappearing act. Man. He did. Houdini. <laughs> <laughs> he did the Houdini, and um, you know, luckily the team didn't need him, but they, they might need him to step up. Not going to lie, I think both teams really could not get it going on offense. Besides that one drive for Buffalo right out of the half, both teams struggled on offense. But, um, I mean, you're going to hear me say this again with the Browns, but I thought Baltimore, like, they had me thinking they were going to tie the game and potentially, you know, put up a fight with their first mm-hmm. possession after halftime. Like, they came out of halftime with a purpose, drove down the field to the nine-yard nine line, and Teron Johnson just ends it all. You know, 101-yard <sighs> pick six. Teron Johnson, man. You know who he is? Yeah, I do. He's the guy at the combine. Yeah, he went who from got... looking, yeah, he went yeah, from looking yeah. the wrong way at the combine and getting hit in the head to yeah. 100 plus yard interception. To actually catching the ball now yeah you know he's from sacramento too it's pretty crazy oh really out here repping california man so, like my man tom brady and <laughs> man. aaron Rodgers. 
Yeah, I know. There's a lot of a lot of Cali people. Um, this defense, though, I mean, you kind of brought up with Teron Johnson. They held Lamar Jackson to under 200 yards passing. But most importantly, in my opinion, they stopped him from running the ball. Only 3.8 yards per carry. The contain was there. And they didn't really stop the running backs too well, which would have been a problem against Cleveland, but which we'll talk about later. Probably mm-hmm. won't be that much of a problem in the AFC Championship. Yeah, like I honestly thought Josh Allen would be the reason why they would win this game, like through the air with Diggs and Beasley and John Brown, like you mentioned. But it's actually that defense that got them to dub. Exactly. Because like the, the, the whole night, like Marquise Brown didn't get going. No one really got going. Like the only name I heard was Willie Sneed because he was like supposedly the only guy open, but he only had 25 yards and five catches. So that's not much. That That is rough. And again, transitioning over to the Ravens, Lamar Jackson, when he does not have running lanes, when he can't rely on his legs to move the ball, it's going to be a tough night. The running game was there though with the running backs. Gus Edwards was there with mm-hmm. big runs. And then he went back to, he converted back to his average four yards per carry. <laughs> You know, run into the. You just run into hate the Gus Edwards every week, man. Try to pick a fight with this guy. Gus Edwards, man, he's he's something else. I mean, I mean, he fights for yardage, but does he have to every every run? <laughs> but you know, J.K. Dobbins though made some key plays in the passing game, making himself open for that dump off pass for a big play. I think near the the middle of the game, and the defense played okay. They pressured Josh Allen, decent coverage, held the run. Yeah, speaking of J.K. Dobbins, I think if we look ahead to next next year or this year's fantasy football season, I think J.K. Dobbins is going to be an RB1. He has the potential because the thing is, the Ravens are relying on him. You know, Mark Ingram is not going to be there potentially next year. Probably isn't going to be there because they're, they're, they're keeping him out of the playoffs. Yeah, actually, they plan to release him tomorrow, Mark Ingram. Oh. So, yeah, it's... It's pretty crazy. So they will be relying on J.K. Dobbins. I'm just worried about Gus Edwards and his um, goal line usage. Here we go again. It's his goal line. It's his goal line usage. They love him at the one yard line, but he is bigger. Yeah, he 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 does have the body size, which is Mm -hmm. which makes sense. But one redeeming factor, I feel like, on top of um, J.K. Dobbins is Marquise Brown. You know, he's slowly starting to figure it out. You know, fastest man in the field, slowest player to figure it out this year, but. You know, hopefully he can build momentum for next year, like what he did. He had a he had a good run where he had like multiple touchdown catches per game, and you know yeah. maybe maybe he finally lost that weight that he gained. Yeah, it wasn't bad, but then if you look at his uh, his stats, I think his off season looked a little bit better than his actual season for Marquise Brown. You know, and I mean, <laughs> and the Ravens. I think the Ravens lost here because their special teams was bad. Two missed field, field goals and that shanked punt. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. If we were to pick an MVP for this game, though, I think we could both agree we're going to pick our Cali kid, Teron Johnson. Let's go. Teron big Johnson. You know, he, I... he redeemed himself. That's why he deserves MVP. You know, he was a laughing stock. He's still a meme to this day, but 101 yard pick six. Can't say anything about that. Exactly. Staying in the AFC, we have the Chiefs and the Browns. And, you know, first impression of the game, I know it's going to be a hot topic. That fumble mm-hmm. at the one-yard line. I'm, I'm not sure what the new rule should be, but I think it – I personally think it needs to be changed. Damn it. No, like, it has to be changed. I, 
I'm a Raiders fan, so I know that very, very well. Derek Carr has, I don't know, three to five of those, you know, just where he reaches, reaches out for the end zone and the ball just flies, you know. But at the end of the day, I think the rule is there so that you can't just reach the ball over and call it a TD without holding on to the ball. It's like having possession of the ball. So I think that's why it's there. But from a bias standpoint, we got to get rid of the rule because Derek Carr needs to score touchdowns at some point. I mean, okay, so the forward fumble, I'm pretty sure the rule is that the ball is spotted. Like this is anywhere else on the field, the forward fumble, the ball is spotted where the fumble occurred. I think that if it's a fumble and falls to the end zone, it should be first and goal at the 20. So it's like a reverse touchback. Um, I understand the rule that like, oh, you have to hold on to the ball. But if you do this, I feel like part of it, it kind of stops players from making those those flashy plays. You know, when you dive for the pylon. Exactly. Yeah. And and those are big money plays, you know, like that's that's the flashiness of the NFL. And I feel like a rule like this kind of pulls away from that. But the thing is, we still see those flashy plays with this rule here. The rule is here this whole season, you know? I understand that, but it's just, I think it's even rougher when, like, it actually does cost a team a game. It does, yeah. Rip to the rounds. But does And does the rule make sense in general? Like, that's just, like, I get that you have to protect, you have to protect the ball in the end zone, but how many times are you running throughout the end zone you know what i'm saying yeah i i see what you mean there but what i think is more controversial is that targeting like tar- targeting on that play mm-hmm. that was not called yeah that that was like, at least helmet to helmet or something yeah that was <laughs> like the might as well let the refs win mvp for this game for the chiefs <laughs> might as well helmet but... to helmet oh don't see that i only see the ball go off the end zone you know they, they missed it no they they were very they were very um yeah they're very one-dimensional when they made that call but you know mm-hmm. if we're gonna talk about the chiefs though andy Reid he put on the big boy pants today or that day he did he calls in the playoffs that's what wins games well they the they trusted coming. chad henney chad oh, henney man. with the scramble man yes yes i i did not know he was like that athletic because the last time i heard of chad henny i think he was on the jacksonville jaguars still <laughs> so i had no time. clue what this guy was going to give us that's yeah. why i honestly thought the browns had a chance of like you know winning i mean it it obviously came after patrick mahomes went down but hey i mean i think it's a valid thought mahomes out browns could could win it you know who knows mm-hmm. yeah the offense was humming it really looked like a blowout out the gates and then patrick mahomes i hope you're okay Chad Henney, I feel like he's a quarterback that you can rely on him in the divisional round, but against a shootout team like the Bills, it's going to be a bit harder, not going to lie. But it I is. Mean, it's a lot easier when you have players like um, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, who continues to be all reliable. A-plus catches, 100-plus yards, a TD if needed. Like He's just he's the guy. Yeah, it was that Henney to uh, Tyreek Hill connection that sealed the game for them on that on that last play mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. daryl williams my man Who's i want to talk Bell? about this exactly i was just gonna say that because i was like no ceh everyone thought Le'Veon bell would step up but no you were right last week when you're like where's Le'Veon? you know where where was he 
nowhere to be found. Cole Beasley, Houdini. He pulled the Cole Beasley, Houdini. And just to briefly talk about the Cleveland Browns, I mean, some of y'all can blame it on the fumble, but I think he put blame on the Browns' last possession. They went for it once that drive on fourth on fourth down, and I don't see why you don't take it that second time. And I understand that their defense just forced a turnover with that Chad Henney, that really bad interception that looked like a pass mm-hmm. to the like it it was really bad. But you had you you were in the driver's seat. And I feel like I feel like continue on this analogy, it felt like they handed the keys to someone else and like hope that they crashed the car. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Casey didn't. I I mean I think Nick Chubb, brick hands. I thought he could catch better. Because what happened was you throw it to him, he drops it. So what do you do the next play? Throw it to him again. He'll definitely catch it the second time, right? No, he doesn't. Like, he dropped, like, three passes in a row. Like, the guy the guy can't catch. I don't know why they didn't have Kareem Hunt in on those plays. You know, if you're going to run a screen or something, just, just give it a Hunt. You know, like, even though it's predictable, I feel like sometimes talent – overtakes predictability sometimes and yeah i mean like okay something that's really frustrating with like nick chubb and especially like a player like him or like miles sanders who are known to be like natural runners like they can catch the ball like they're professional athletes exactly they should not be dropping like those many passes and maybe it's like a mental thing after you drop that first one like maybe it kind of adds on but mm-hmm. yeah nick chubb man the brick hands out here brick hands but he, he he got it going in the in the second half i think in the third quarter alone he had like 40 or 50 yards rushing so you know he he, he kind of turned it around a little bit but it just still wasn't enough of a valiant effort to win the game understood i think i think we think the mvp of this game i think it's a tie for me it's andy reed chad henny because you know as baker would say they woke up and they felt dangerous yep <laughs> I think Chad Henney, I'm going to go back. It's the scramble that really threw me off because I think that's exactly why the Browns lost the game. Because if they held KC on that play, they would have gave Baker a chance. But it was like third and like over 15 yards and Chad Henney with the scramble. (laughs) Like what? They really caught the off guard. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, that's that. I agree with your MVP pick. We have the last game now, Tampa Bay versus New Orleans. It's Drew Brees' last game, I think. So, I know, the Grandpa Bowl. Yeah. That's what I like to call it. And sadly, one QB kind of looked like that, like someone who would play in the Grandpa Bowl, and it wasn't Tom Brady, ironically. <laughs> it was Drew Brees. He threw three interceptions. Yeah. And- Two that came in the fourth quarter, too. Exactly. Those were those were really crucial picks. I think one of them wasn't his fault though. It was Jared Cook literally, literally missed it that was Jared the Cook, hands. Yeah. It hit his it hit his bicep. Like how like <laughs> y'all don't see this. I like have my hands in front of my face. Like how? Like how do you miss that bad? But ask um, uh what's his name? Wims, Mims on the Browns. Or not the Browns, the Bears. <laughs> he, he drops wide open ones too. I know. But you know, this was definitely a game for really good defenses. But man, like I still remember those days when these quarterbacks were matchup proof. Like defenses didn't matter; they were gonna cook whoever it was. But you just couldn't stop them, yeah. 
It's, it's a little different. But you know what? It feels bad for Jameis Winston <laughs> because they literally proved that he was the reason why their team never made it to the playoffs. <laughs> he threw a TD pass. That, I will not deny that. Yeah, he's he still kind of got it. He has the arm strength. He does. Hey, that one sailed. It, it went like pretty damn far. <laughs> like I, I, I just remember it was like that little little trick play, and then boom, you know, nice. Yeah, yeah. I think um, the other thing though, Michael Thomas, man, like four targets, zero touches, man, like zero catches. Like this guy was like a non-factor in the game. Like hashtag can guard Mike, not can't guard Mike. Can guard him. Can guard. I mean. It's crazy because the Saints offense, it's gonna be it's gonna be really interesting how they're gonna go moving forward. But Drew Brees became really like dink and dunk, short passes, make your players do the work. And it was not the Drew Brees that we grew up watching. Exactly. And you can you can tell his his time was down. I feel like he felt it too. The short passing game's good, but at some point you need to stretch that field. And when he did, he made really bad reads, really bad throws, and it showed. I, I, I can't agree with you more because I think the problem is it goes back to Michael Thomas. He's your number one guy. He's the guy everyone thought would kill it in fantasy would be the guy. And he wasn't there. So who do you have to rely on left? Emmanuel Sanders, Traquan Smith. Like they're great players, but by no means are they a number one receiver. Yeah, I agree. Michael Thomas can't always be slant boy. And yeah. <laughs> Okay, just just the last last thing about Michael Thomas. Okay, my goodness, his only screen time was when he got stiff armed trying to make a tackle after Sean Murphy Bunting intercepted that ball. Yeah, that's the mm-hmm. only time you saw him, and he. <laughs> it's just it's just rough, but Tampa Bay. I mean, I like it. They're. I actually have an MVP of the game for this one. I think it's the Bucks D, and in specific, I think it's Devin White. I mean, he he was all over the field. Yeah. Like, he was better than, like, the whole Raiders defense this whole season collectively. Like, 11 tackles, QB hit, pass breakup, fumble recovery, interception. I mean, but he didn't stop. He was the opposite of Michael Thomas. He actually had numbers mm-hmm. on his stat sheet. As a like, defensive player. As a defensive He had more catches than Michael Thomas. Can you believe <laughs> he, that? He technically did. with that interception exactly and i think an honorable mention for mvp mike evans he recorded one catch against marshawn Lattimore. do you know what that is that's one more than he had against him a couple of games ago he did it the the bucks figured it out this game like you said last week they got smacked twice they're not gonna let it happen a third time they all figured it out and i think why each team won or lost i think this is pretty simple Tampa won because New Orleans kept giving them the ball, three interceptions. New Orleans lost because they kept giving away the ball. You know, when you when you have three turnovers in a game, it's not a good thing. Exactly. And that's all for the divisional games. But looking ahead, we have the NFC Championship, which is an interesting one. We got, we got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers traveling to Lambeau Field to face off against the Packers. Mm-hmm. And the Buccaneers... They have the momentum, like we just talked about. This was not Tom Brady's best game, and that's the scariest part because they're, if Tom Brady can pop off against this defense, they could punch in their ticket. But 
On top of that, their defense looked great. Offense has untapped potential. It's looking pretty good. Yeah, I mean, what's crazy too is that these two teams did play before in week six, I think, with Tampa winning 38 to 10. So I, I this is the exact same with um, the AFC championships too. I think the Bills did play the Chiefs in week six as well with KC winning that game. So it, it's going to be a familiar game for these two. And I think a, a pro for Tampa here is that Vita Vea might be back on that D-line. So that will only elevate that defense. And again, like you mentioned earlier, if that offense can pop off, they have a lot of weapons. Because, you know, I forgot about Scotty Miller and Brady threw to Scotty Miller. It wasn't much. One, one catch for 29 yards, but it's another guy you have to account for. Because if you let him slip, it's just going to be another 30 yards and another 30 yards in the game, you know? Exactly. One worry, though, that I have with this passing game is that it's supposed to snow on Sunday. It and is. is TB12 ready for a potential snowball fight championship game? I'm not quite sure. They also need to bring more pressure. They had zero sacks against the Saints. I know they had a couple QB pressures, but if you do not disrupt Aaron Rodgers, you are going to lose, and you saw that against the Rams. Yes, we did. I mean, if it's a, if it's a snow game, it might be a reliance on the run game again. And I think both these teams have a decent run game. Like you said earlier, they have a three-headed monster or two-headed monster. In a, no, three with A.J. Dillon, Jamal Williams, and Aaron Jones in Green Bay. And Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette didn't look that bad last week. Yeah. So it could it, be a battle of the running backs. Yeah, Tampa Bay's like run game is so interesting because they have two running backs that literally do the same exact thing. They do, but what is, like, bigger, though? You know, like, Leonard Fournette is kind of, like, stocky, you know? (laughs) And Ronald Jones was, like, skinny. But I think what's crazy to me is that Ronald Jones, like, he he outperformed himself because I think two years ago, I think we were talking about how this dude couldn't learn the playbook or something like that. He was struggling to learn the playbook, but now he's got it on lock, you know? He's chilling. I agree, and... I think the key to the Packers winning is that the offense needs to stick to their identity. It's that yes. great run pass balance. And, you know, I'm still waiting for that Devontae Adams breakout playoff game. And this could be the one. It Maybe might come. he bounces back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And moving on to the AFC championship game, we have Buffalo Bills at Kansas City. Yeah. Like I said earlier, these two teams played in week six, KC winning 26 to 17. And in that game, they let CEH go for 161 yards, which is his personal best. And CEH might be back this week. So, so I mean, it's looking pretty scary. And that's, and that's a scary stat because Buffalo does not have a run defense right now. They, they really don't. And it's crazy. They also don't have a rushing attack. Oh, yeah, they <laughs> Yeah, they they really don't. And, um, you know, even if CEH is potentially out, if he is, it's Darrell Williams season. I mean, he showed that he can run. He he still has that that power with each I would not overlook him if I were the Buffalo Bills. Mm -hmm. I agree. I mean, the offense still looks like how it always looks like. The defense is still very well disciplined. And they have always been the team to beat, which is what makes them very scary. Mm-hmm. The only concern I have for these Kansas City Chiefs is Patrick Mahomes. 
I think Mahomes is going to be back. I think that's what Andy Reid said like yesterday or today. So I think it's it's going to be okay for them because they'll have Mahomes back. But one con that I have for KC is that bend don't break defense you were talking about. They they need a watch for Allen and Diggs up top and Cole Beasley underneath in the slot. Ooh, I I agree with you on that. I because agree. Allen did not heat up last game. You know, like he didn't do that great. But if they get going, Kansas City needs to somehow put a lid on them, stop them, man. Yeah, because that, that last matchup that the Bills played against the Chiefs, Josh Allen did not he did not look that great. And I feel like one of the reasons why was that they went for a more balanced offense. They actually tried relying on that run game and um didn't really work that well. So mm-hmm. I guess the question is like will will they use the same formula or are they gonna really trust Josh Allen throwing the ball? I don't know because their their run game is not strong. I mean, people are questioning Tampa Bay's run game and Bruce Arians' willingness to run the ball because they have so many weapons with Brady and the wide receivers. But the issue here is Buffalo can't get past like 40 or 50 yards a game on the ground. So I think they, they, they need to start having a second dimension to that offense so KC will have some trouble. Because if not, I mean, just drop your guys back and defend. <laughs> defend digs. Defend digs, yeah. But, okay. If you were to pick for the NFC Championship, Tampa Bay, Green Bay, who you got? Easy, Green Bay. I'm saying Green Bay to the Super Bowl. How about you? I got the Buccaneers. Why? (laughs) Why? Why? Literally everything we've said in this whole podcast. I I think there's too many weapons for Tampa Bay. I mean, they already steamrolled them once. I know it might change. I totally get it. It might snow. Totally get it. But I just... Home field advantage in the snow. Cheese heads in the stands. <laughs> Come on. I know. And Aaron Rodgers is playing lights out right now. Yeah. And I, I agree with you and on Brady that. Brady does but... take some time to heat up in the game. You know, in the first quarter, Brady never looks good. But, see, I feel like this is one of the more balanced defenses in the league. Again, Vita Faye is back. He's one of the best run stoppers. I mean, he he doesn't bring a pass rush, but he can stop the run. And that's that's kind of what Green Bay relies on. And that's why I feel like Tampa Bay is gonna, is gonna take this one. It's gonna be a really close game. I'm not gonna say like Tampa Bay is gonna blow him out the same way that they did earlier this season. I think it's gonna be a really close game, but I think Tampa Bay is gonna they're gonna pull through. I still think Green Bay is gonna go to the Super Bowl, so we'll see what happens there. And I'm 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 crossing my fingers that I I, I, I bet it on the right team. <laughs> now let's see if we can if we can agree with somehow that. align. Yeah, with this next one. Who you got, Ryan? You go first. I went first last time. Oh, fair enough. I think that the Buff- the Buffalo Bills will win. And you're it's kidding not, me. Okay, we, we got two not, different teams. I like this. We have two different matchups. That's really cool. Um, it's what happened against against Cleveland for me. KC, like... They didn't play a game in 21 days. They were on a 21-day break, you know? So I maybe it'll some rust. Who knows? You you right. You right. But I feel like Buffalo's offense can click this time. I, I have high hopes for this offense. And I feel like the defense can do just enough to hold off Kansas City. Interesting. I mean, I, I went the 
the opposite route. I said it was going to be easy clap for KC because no Patrick, no problem. But <laughs> Pat, Pat, so even though Patrick's coming back, that statement is just to show that without Patrick Mahomes, they were still able to seal that game with the Browns with Chad Henney. Patrick Mahomes coming back. This is a really strong team to have a, that have like a legit chance at winning back-to-back Super Bowls. Makes sense. My only concern with Patrick Mahomes and his injury is, will his injury affect how he plays? And it's not like, oh, can he make throws? His memory? His memory. (laughs) And um, (laughs) will he play scared? I don't think so. Patrick's tough, man. He's a football player. They're they're tough men. I I mean, I, I agree with you. The mental aspect is a huge part of the game, but I think, I I think they have great coaches in KC and Mahomes is going to be ready. I agree. I mean, I, the injury is non-linear, though. You never know. Mm-hmm. So I just wish him the best. I'm not hoping that his injury affects him. I'm just merely saying that. I hope that he plays for a really good game. Because if Chad yeah. Henney's there, I understand the the whole anything is possible. But um, yeah, I think I think Buffalo will sneak in. Yeah, I mean, if Chad Henney's playing the game, I'm I'm gonna jump on your bandwagon. <laughs> But right now, I'm, I'm, I'm going with the assumption that Pat Mahomes is going to play the game. So who do you have winning the Super Bowl since you chose Bucks and Buffalo? I think the Buccaneers are going to win. Really now? Yeah. Wow. Tampa Bay. Heartbreaker for Buffalo. I think that's what's going to happen. You know, if Tampa Bay wins, it's going to be like the first time ever that the home team or that a team plays at their at their stadium. Yeah, because it's going to be in Tampa this year. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. That, that, that will be crazy. I mean, I have the Chiefs and the Packers there, and what I'm hoping for is a high-powered offense versus another high-powered offense. And, and there's one game that I think of specifically, and I don't know if you remember, but Monday Night Football, I think two years back, it was the Rams and the Chiefs, and where they scored like 50-plus points each. And I, I'm just hope I know, I know no Super Bowl is going to be that crazy, but I think it's possible because both these teams don't have a legit defense like the Buccaneers, like you said earlier, where it's super balanced and everything, you know. So I think it's offense versus offense, high scoring. Yeah. And that's what I'm hoping for. That's what you're hoping for. We'll see what's going to happen next week then. And to everyone that made it this far, thank you for listening. And may the football gods bless your team with more wins this year. We will catch you guys next Friday when we recap the conference championships, talk about Pro Bowl snubs, and preview the Super Bowl. Thanks again for tuning in, and that's the tea.